afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're going to talk reality when it comes to these crops. Did you see the drought monitor and the latest information that came out today? A lot of countryside talk and, and even concerns of when is the markets, a.k.a. Chicago, going to catch up with what's happening in the countryside? It's one of those growing years that is so hit and miss. And it's also one of those times when I wish I would have recorded this program before we started the program. Because Darren Fessler is joining us with Lakefront Futures. And sometimes it's the conversations leading up to the show that just adds to the interest. And, and really, as you and I were talking... It's a wide gamut this year across the countryside when it comes to crop development and who's stressed and who's not. It really is. I mean, it, you're if you've been in West Central Iowa or let's call it Iowa in general, you know, especially West Central, you're not feeling the same way as a guy in southern Minnesota or parts of Nebraska or parts of Illinois. It, you can basically circle the state of Iowa and say, boy, it's, they still have the potential and they catch some rains they may save you know the 200 210 uh but there'll be areas in minnesota that will be doing 240 maybe 250 and minnesota as a whole will probably be a record and probably at a record i mean probably crush their old record and there's areas nebraska yes central nebraska has been missing maybe out on some of those rains but other areas of the state if you have missed the green stamp missed some hail you're pretty good i know areas east of lincoln here that have not even seen any type of stress at all the entire year. And I think these guys around this neck of the woods of Nebraska are looking probably at or near record-type production. I would say, in general, Nebraska is sitting up pretty good right now. So having said that, and as we look at the drought monitor that came out, there are some, as you talk about, some drastic areas that are pretty dark orange right now. It is. I mean, the, the area of focus, and I think where the market and producers, especially producers, get frustrated. They see what's going on in Iowa. They see the the issues of of the, of the corn cobs, uh, the the pollination, the the, the grain fill that's coming on right now in Iowa, and they say, well, why isn't the market compensating for this? Since Iowa is such a great, you know, large producer of corn and beans. I think it's the time frame of the year, given how everybody else around Iowa seems to be doing relatively well. I think there's just a lack of interest owning corn at this moment because probably the time frame of the year and what's given the outside market. So there's a lot of activity, obviously, going around the equity markets, obviously, in the metals that just for investor standpoint, there's much more attractive things to be putting money in right now than it would be, say, going long corn. You know, there's a lot of numbers, too, that are being tossed around when it comes to yield potential out there. Yeah, there is. I mean, uh, you know, Stone X had a pretty interesting number this week, north of 182 on the corn, north of 52 on the beans. Not saying they're right or wrong here. I think that, you know, anything above 180, it's, boy, that's a lofty number given the situation in Iowa. Certainly, I wouldn't be shocked to see it. I just, I think at the end of the day, personally, Given the issues in Iowa, I think they have enough impact on the market from a yield standpoint to really keep it under 180. But again, like I said, I would not be shocked come next week if they print a 180 on the on the corn. 
Now, these beans, you catch some rains in August here. The beans in July and even leading up to this month have looked really, really good. So to see a potential 51 or 52 yield, I don't think is out of question. I also think if these beans uh, do get some rain, I think the potential is there to be much more impressive on the yield side relative to corn. So if you're sitting there looking at your crops and wondering if you haven't done the marketing yet on the new crop and you see the numbers and you hear the drought talk, how do you go? How do you decide or what's the route you need to be taking at this point? Yeah, if if you know you've been undersold here and if you have taken, say, the PLC on your crop insurance. So there's multiple things you got to look at and just basically listen to the market right now, what it's kind of telling you. Is the market, yes, we've been beat up, but is the market telling you we're at a 183 figure, 182 type yield? And really, maybe we are, but the market hasn't priced it in. I don't think the market is priced in a 182 or 183. Are they pricing in maybe a 180? Sure. But if we're pricing a 183, 182 type figures, we're going to be looking you know, 2.8, 2.9 type of carryouts. I don't think that type of number is priced in, and I don't think really at this point it's that the market's not selling that off because of that number. I think it's confident where it's at. I really think it's pre-positioned ahead of next week's report to say, hey, let's see the number, and we'll adjust from there. Keep in mind, we're in the seasonally bearish pattern here pretty much all the way until the end of September. So you come in at 182 next week or 181, maybe we sell off, but you got to watch the price action. Let's really listen to the mark from here on out. I w- if you haven't got really, you know, you know, hedges on or protection on at this point, I'm not getting uber, uber bearish at this point. So some wonder, you know, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday during the Fontenelle final bell is when will these uh, become more of a reality? I guess when's the market going to catch up with the countryside? When's Chicago going to see and, and hear what's happening out there? See, and, and that's the thing is, I don't know if we have a massive rally on hand or not. I, I, I certainly think if we come in anywhere near, say, 178 to, say, 181, uh, yes, we have some value areas between $3 and 320 maybe, but I think this market post-harvest or maybe even during harvest, uh, you, I think this market's going to be very, very neutral without the demand from China there's really not a story for corn to get too excited on either side of say 320 or you know if you take a look at you know 350 360 i certainly don't think uh those levels on these are achievable if you get up to that 2.8 figure type on carryout well stick around folks we've got a lot more to talk about we'll hit the livestock side as the saw some struggles there as well today it is the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Darren Fessler, as we look at export numbers that came in, we know this last couple of weeks has been a crazy ride, and there's more buying taking place this week. Yeah, I mean, China continues to step up, uh, buy, buy a lot of corn, buy a lot of beans, and really, I, I think it comes down to, uh, you got to ask the question on two different coins here. You look at what China's doing uh, from uh, offerings of corn on their marketplace at auction. They're selling 100% of whatever's been auc- uh, offered at marketplace. And it's been like this for the last month now. You take a look at the beans here. It's typically the time of year where China steps up, buys those beans. But to kind of make you think back, okay, are they buying these beans to just 
must buy it from a hedge standpoint to, to know what you know what Brazil or Argentina gets in the ground, how that pans out, and do they cancel later? And then the other question you have to ask yourself: Okay, really, is China buying this because really they really need the demand and they really need the product? Well, I think it's I think it's a both. I, I think they really need the corn. Granted, I don't know how much more corn they're going to buy. As I always say, watch what China does, not what what they say. This phase one deal we're supposed to meet there. You know, reevaluate that coming up on August 15th. Now, granted, I don't think all these China purchases, I don't think it has really anything to do with the phase one deal. I think China really needs the products and they're stepping in and buying here at some value levels. But you look at the sales recently here with today, export sales came out. Corn was pretty, pretty impressive for next marketing year. Beans were pretty good for next marketing year. You look at where, you know, out the next year's prices, nobody's getting too excited about them. So I, I still think there's some situations to, to play themselves out here over the next 12 months, call it six to 12 months. And you look at South America and, you know, they are getting a little bit dry in certain areas. A contact I have in Argentina says he has been the driest he's been in three years now. So I think that there's things that could develop in, in South America to give us here in the United States some opportunities going forward pricing these grains. Let's jump let's jump over to what we're seeing on the livestock side. And I as we uh, look at the livestock side, we are seeing a little bit of a pullback. But you say that doesn't come as much of a surprise. No, I mean, if you take a look just at, say, feeder cattle in itself, you're seeing some of the highest levels we've seen since late February, early March. Yearling prices have gone through the roofs. I, I, I really think that the talk even three, four months ago when box beef prices are going through the roof and, and where's all the, you know, we have all this cattle being backed up. And now the, now really the narrative is it definitely, you know, speaking with customers and people within the industry, where is the cattle? And, and you know, I think that's the biggest question now that the, the the cattle to me just don't seem to be there. And I think that's somewhat why you're seeing uh, some of these packers trying to find cash cattle and people are not they don't have it. Uh, I think there's an issue there going on in, in cattle where it could be a pretty bullish story going forward. But to see the run up we've had here in short order just over the last three four weeks. It's not too too surprising to see a little bit of breather here. I'm watching some of the deferred fat cattle, especially the April-June spread, that that should start to widen out even more here at this point. But I'm you got, you got to be cautious cattle here. I still think there's things that could happen to this market. But right now, to see a little bit of a pullback today, given the move we've had, not, not too surprised in my, in my opinion. Are you nervous about what's going to happen with, with consumption and, and movement as we start to go back to school? Colleges are getting back in session. Is the demand going to be there? And is there a fear of a closure and having that be, take effect? Well, let's knock on wood right now that demand is going to be there. I, I, I've always said this. If you can get confidence back into the consumer and you can get business, you can get schools, you can get restaurants back open here, the demand picture will take care of itself in time. But you got to get people the confidence, and it starts with leadership at the government level to get them. we got to have safety. we got to get these things back open and up and going in a safe way. And if we can do that – we can the industry in itself is is, is, we have much much brighter days ahead but it's a lot of rough seas maybe in the meantime right now i'm seeing a lot of positivity in this cattle market i like 
Obviously, we know the situations in the hog complex are difficult from a fundamental standpoint, but I do think that there's brighter days ahead there as well. And real quick on those hogs, mixed trade, is that going to continue this rest of the week? I think it's going to remain choppy for the time being here, especially if you look at some of the front months versus the back months. The back months starting to move a little bit higher than the front, so a little bit of spread action going on here. But again, the fundamental picture in the hog complex is not all that great right now. It will improve, but you're probably going to look past December for it to make any type of big strides forward. All right. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? They can reach me directly at 402-366-0423, and they can find me on all social media. All right, sounds good. Thanks so much, Darren Fessler with Lakefront Futures joining us today. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, these commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they are not suitable for all investors. You can pick this up as a podcast wherever you subscribe, and you can do so at ruralradio.com as well, as also... It's on Spotify. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.